Welcome to the Joshua Project Podcast. Session number three. Rob, that doesn't mean you're our third friend. It just means that this is the third session of JP with Friends. And Rob McCormick so happens to be our guest this week. I see how it is. I'm the bronze medalist. Hey, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> they just uh, postponed the Olympics. So I guess, you know, getting a medal of any sort would probably be cool. Yes. Hey, um, Rob has quickly become a friend of mine here in Montana, um, probably because of his quirky and sarcastic sense of humor. Uh, we've connected via that medium. Well, I, I won't tell the real story, but it's okay. It's been uh, wonderful to see you become the, the face of caring in Livingston, putting yeah. up such a bright light that others are starting to notice it. And that is absolutely a blessing to be that catalyst. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it, Rob. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, you and uh, what you're doing in Gallatin County, Bozeman, Montana. I would love to. So I'm the executive director of Gallatin County, Love in the Name of Christ. It's a partnership of now, breaking news, you're the first to hear it, 49 partner churches. We added another uh, church came on yesterday, Emmaus Road. It's uh, a church plant that has become its own, and it's um, about college-age kids all coming together, which is amazing, and they signed on to be the hands and feet of Christ. But Love in the Name of Christ is a national movement, and we're one of the local affiliates. There's 135 affiliates in 29 states, and um, we are blessed to be one. So it's a partnership of 49 churches in all through Gallatin County, Montana, loving on people that are in need, trying to help them go from, you know, barely surviving to thriving. And it's been a beautiful story in the fact that you guys serve Gallatin County. I live in Park County and man, I forget the exact order of events, but you encouraged me to open up a clothes closet just to meet the needs of the community. And I thought, man, I have a fellowship hall downstairs uh, we have potlucks and communion every first Sunday of the month, but how long are we going to follow the traditions of man rather than the commands of God? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a potluck and especially being away from my family for so long, I'm ready for a potluck, but we're going to have to figure out how to do that because the downstairs of our church is full of clothes. I'm a big fan of the potluck, but I'm also a big fan, bigger fan of loving our neighbors in need. And, and you're absolutely right. We, we're, our defined area of concentration is Gallatin County, but because of Bozeman being kind of a center hub of this location or this geographic area, when people come in here for work or for medical appointments or for schooling or for other things that are here, we want to take care of them too. And so many people have been calling from Park County and we've been blessed to be able to refer them to Pastor Bryce, and he mobilizes folks from his church to be able to enter into their lives in a, in a way, again, that's moving them to thriving. And sometimes it's just listening to them. Sometimes it's getting them the clothes or other resources they need and just um, bringing that love of Christ into their lives. And it's truly a blessing to have that be spreading across the county lines in all directions. Yes, and amen. And, and another thing that you guys do that we've stolen from you is <laughs> the personal care closet where you provide some of the essential needs 
um, of day-to-day living. And, you know, it's, it, it goes to be, it proves to be true um, that we, you know, we're doing this to bless the community. We're not trying to get um, butts and bucks out of it. We're not trying to put butts in the pews and bucks in the tithe offering. But it has been a blessing to us, I think maybe more than it's been to the people. Even this Easter, we were able to hand out 12 different Easter baskets to families that were just looking for a little bit of hope in this season. Yeah, we were, our personal care closet, I don't have the numbers in front of us, but we sent out, particularly in this time period, what we're doing is a a local radio personality, Sean Marie, has turned it the ding dong ditch blessing. We deliver to doorsteps, ring the doorbell, and then back away to a, a safe zone and wave and wish them well from that time. But we've, we've delivered hundreds of personal care baskets, food baskets, and we ended the Easter run with being able to deliver 255 baskets to kids uh, that otherwise wouldn't yeah. have had them. That is so amazing. You guys are such an inspiration to me. I want to talk about this though. Um, And not that it's good or it's bad, but I've seen a couple people um, in my sphere of conversations talk about this. And I thought, hmm, that is interesting because one of the things that we have loved to do at First Baptist Church um, is ding dong ditch for Christmas. We've done it for a couple of years in a row now where we just find out a need or two in the community and do we blow the socks off these people, mm-hmm. gift cards and presents and trees. And it's always a ding dong ditch. I mean, it's one of these days we're going to get beat up because we run and hide behind cars when it's dark out and someone's going to think we're doing something we're not supposed to do. So my question is, how do we wrestle with this idea of, and you've seen people do this before, where they're feeding the homeless or they're doing an act of kindness, which is amazing, but they're filming the whole thing and then putting it on social media. Like, how do we wrestle with like doing good? Because when I watch those videos, I'm inspired to do the same, but then at the same time, I'm like, you've already received your reward. Yeah. That's something that I have to struggle with because on the one hand, I get that they're doing it out of a good heart, but they're, what I don't want it to become is the Pharisee standing in the marketplace praying as loud as you can to be seen doing it. Mm-hmm. And one aspect of it is uh, they say service as worship is anonymous. Going over and digging out someone's driveway and doing their sidewalks on a snowy day, which in Montana was this morning. Uh, but to do those kind of acts of kindness. But on the other hand, to help someone and then have to take a, a selfie with them to be able to post it on your social media or to name them, I struggle with it. And the reason I struggle with it is because I don't want to exploit the person in the midst of their crisis. Mm, good. Once, they've, once they've gotten out of that crisis and they've gone through barely surviving to thriving, and they're willing to share that story to be motivational to others, then it's fine, in my opinion. But to take their pictures in their moment of crisis and use it for your own um, just popularity, so to speak, I, I struggle with that. So what we like to do in, in that case, if we're going to do it in social media, we'll change the name. We'll use a, a stock picture and say names and pictures, not actual person, you know, to, to protect them in their moment of crisis. 
because a lot of times when you go from resource to resource and have to bare your soul, to, so to speak, it hurts. And to then put that out there for everyone to see is not something that I'm willing to do. In terms of, you know, helping people, I once this is over, we're not going to do the ding dong ditch. What we like to do is make authentic relationships move into their lives, so to speak, and and do life with them, or at least invite them to be a come and see um, partnership of churches. You know, come and see, come as you are, come and see. And you know, we will take you wherever you are, whatever stage of life, however you are, and then just come and see. And as you have questions, let's talk about them and see how you, we can bring that love of Christ into their lives. And, and in this time in particular, the hope of Christ, to be able to enter in there knowing that we're not going to plaster you on a billboard. We're not going to try to, you know, exploit the fact that you're in a crisis and we've been, uh, you know, blessed enough or, or kind enough to enter into that life. But to be able to say, no, we, we truly care for you. You know, you are loved. One of the things that we say a lot is people say, why are you doing this? And we said, well, you're an image bearer of God and you are loved and you are worthy of everything that we can do for you. And then when they stop crying, then we enter into a deeper relationship and, and see how we can help. And sometimes filming that, in my opinion, is um, taking advantage of moving into that situation, depending on where they are in their crisis stage. Yeah, and that's one of the things that really attracted me to Love, Inc. was you guys aren't just a charity case. Um, you guys are doing amazing things and transforming people's lives through the love of Jesus. But it's not just keep on coming and let's just keep giving you charity. It's like, how did you get to a point in your life that you can't afford toilet paper? Well, let's figure that out. I remember when I first met you guys, I was sharing a story with you about this guy who had come back to my church um, the second time. It was almost to the date a year apart. And I started telling you about this guy. And your team said, yes, he's been here. He's been through our process. He's actually blacklisted because he's just going around the circuit getting as much support and money as he can. So you guys aren't a support system, but you are tangibly reaching your communities. And I love it in the name of Christ. Yeah, it's the, the gentleman and his son that you were talking about, uh, they were told that they're always welcome in any of the partner churches and we'd be love to worship with them, but the church coffers are closed to them unless they're going to be willing to transform their lives. They have been for multiple years now going from church to church and they're using the gas cards they get from one church to go in wider ranges to have the churches pay for their support. And that's not really thriving or flourishing as God has intended to us. So what on a normal case, what we would do is talk to the person when they reach out with a need, we figure out what's below the surface that's causing that need and what needs to be resolved in order to actually get rid of that need rather than saying, here's your stuff, come back next month and we'll give you more stuff. And I think that you guys uh, do a great job with um, providing the needs of the community, whether that be uh, a family that just needs a cord of wood to stay warm during uh, wintertime or um, some essential personal items. But you guys also do like cooking classes and finance classes. Is this correct? It is. It, once you get below the surface, so 
if someone were to say, I need gas or I need wood, and then you get below the surface and you find out what it is that has contributed to that felt need, the lack of gas or wood, and then you see that they don't know how to manage their finances or they're spending $300 eating at fast foods because they can't cook uh, or they can't keep a job because they're battling with their coworkers and their, you know, their boss all the time, then we refer them into some of the classes we have. And we have a financial class, uh, conflict resolution or relationship class, and then love your kitchen, which is uh, culinary and uh, nutrition. So it teaches you to know about food as well as to be able to cook it. And that's some of the things that are holding people back from being good stewards of the money they do have and holding them back from thriving ultimately. Well, I'm excited to see what happens with Love Inc. in Park County and how we can partner with them. But man, sometimes I do have to question your commitment, Rob. <laughs> because, you know, I met you and I went out and got my Love Inc. tattoo on my knuckle. And I have yet to see you respond to that challenge. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that is true. I, instead, I, uh, I'm one of those, as I said, serving anonymously. <laughs> so in, instead of uh getting tattooed with it uh it, it is on my heart and it's in everything that i do and one of the the flip side coin to love the name of christ ministry is it's a way to give authentic opportunities for christians to live out their uh, their faith in a tangible everyday everything aspect once you begin to live out that faith in tangible ways it changes you and then it becomes the little things and big in your life. And it affects every decision you make, how you act, whether you just walk into the supermarket or whether you stop and help someone that needs a little help uh, pushing yeah. a cart or whatever, just it changes how everything that you operate. Once your faith goes from two hours on a Sunday to every single day, it's a completely different world. And so to offer those opportunities for people to, live out their faith and at the same time shine that light for others and that's one of the reasons i'm so excited for what you're doing is when you shine that light in such a way that people say what is that you say well come and see and uh you know come as you are come and see we're not going to judge you but we would love to love you and to see what changes because uh, what happens is it changes the person who serves then it changes the person who is served and sure. then that ripples through the community. And then wherever they go in this world, they bring that transformation with them. And it's amazing to see that, that fire. When they get lit on fire for Christ, it's a world changer. And you know what? That's why I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not nervous. I don't panic about the current situation that the church finds itself in. Because it's as if God has taken away all those traditions of man. And now we actually get to be the church. And I've always said, like, once you get that knowledge out of your head and let it trickle down 18 inches to your heart, the Father's love will change everything. Oh, I don't like serving the dirty, the homeless, the marginalized. I've just, I'm just uncomfortable until you actually do it, and it'll change everything in your life. And so if you're listening now, I would ask for you to consider what is it that you are doing or how can your church participate in something similar? And if you guys are doing something awesome in your church already, would you leave a comment 
about what it is that you're doing so that we can be inspired and perhaps implicate that into what we're currently doing as well. I'd love to hear from you guys. Now, a lot of people would think, Rob, that you're just not really a smart guy. Um, you're an executive <laughs> director of a nonprofit, which is a job that people who can't get a job in the secular world would normally get. But you're actually a pretty smart guy. Oh, I don't know. It depends on who you ask. Uh, I'm, I'm a career scientist in clinical trials uh, and in graduate school currently for my uh, master's in ministry, Christian ministry. And uh, this is, it's amazing how God prepares you. And um, I was a client of Love in the Name of Christ 12 years ago, which radically changed my life. And then I had a long successful career in science. And then um, God uh, changed my heart again and said, you're supposed to be in ministry. And so I ended up uh, as the executive director of the same ministry that helped me. It was not my, my plan. My plan was to just serve in any way that I could. And I've been amazingly prepared to be able to walk into people's rubble of their lives because I have uh, a trail of rubble behind me that through God's will that has been, uh, has been made into an amazing tapestry. Just uh, It's incredible to see the work. Even right now in the midst of this, I've been doing town hall instructions and uh, across the nation and instructing people in how to sanitize and, and do ministry in a way that doesn't bring the virus into people's homes. And, and that was because of my science work and now being in ministry mm -hmm. and being able to teach that to the nonprofits and to all of the ministries to use that backing that he's prepared me. It's, it's phenomenal to see how that goes on. I saw something that I wanted to share with you. Uh, there was a headline the other day and it said, Hulk Hogan, a famous wrestler and theologian, <laughs> said that God has in this time removed everything else that we worship and made it unavailable. And that is such an uh, amazing thought. I had to think about that for a while. Mm. But there's people that worship the ski hill and they worship all these other ventures and then suddenly they're unavailable and it makes them reflect. And many of them are returning and central, just becoming more in tune with their life and turning back to God, giving worship to God with a big G and not their little gods with the little G. And it's amazing to see people realizing that their life was out of center, recentering their lives and, and returning their worship to where it belongs. Amen to that. Um, Hulk Hogan, the theologian. <laughs> we'll see if that goes down in history. It's, I thought it was pretty amazing, but he's using his platform to yeah. allow people to wake up to God. And uh, I thought that was pretty fun. That is pretty cool. Well, hey, this is the great thing about our podcast series is we will have you back on and we'll get to know a little bit more of your story. Anybody who's been listening and following the Joshua Project podcast for uh, any amount of time uh, knows about my colorful past. And we could sit here for the rest of the day talking fight stories or um, – <laughs> Pol pol police uh, altercations and I don't revel in that and I don't glorify that and I don't live in the past but it's part of my story and how I got here and we all have a story 
Um, and we just got done celebrating Resurrection Sunday and Holy Week. And that's really what it's about, is about the love of Christ in our lives and the way that it transforms us. And I'm just so excited to partner and walk alongside you, Rob, in uh, this thing called life and how we can serve our neighbors. And um, it's, it was a pleasure having you on today. Well, thank you for the opportunity. And you're absolutely right. We, we're all a narrative unfolding as the Bible is a narrative, and we're all part of that narrative that it began, then we read, and then it continues in our lives. And it's just a pleasure to have our narratives uh, intertwine. Thank you so much. Hey, join us every night, guys, at 7 p.m. Um, Mountain Time. Do it at your time or just join us at 7 o'clock. Um, as we pray against this coronavirus, uh, we pray for an end to it in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that God's name be glorified and magnified. We pray for a revival in his Catholic church, the universal church across the globe. And we pray for those that have suffered through this, either through loss or sickness, that they would experience um, God's peace and understanding. So join us every night at 7 p.m. for one minute. For one minute, we can change the world through the power of prayer. So in closing, Rob, why don't you give us a good word? Close us in prayer? Amen. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we just ask for, for healing, for healing for all those that are sick and for healing for this word, this world. We ask that your word penetrate people's hearts and they in this time of simplifying our lives where people are slowing down perhaps for the first time in their lives, that they become centered and return their worship to you, that they feel your love pouring on them. We ask that we become the lights, your lights in this world and to attract people through how we live out our faith, not by works to earn salvation, but through works that are produced through our commitment to you, our dedication to living out how you have instructed us and how it, it changes us and makes us loved and part of your ongoing narrative. You invite us into your ministry and we just wholeheartedly uh, accept that invitation. And we ask us to continue to soften people's hearts in this time of simplicity to, to mollify their, their fear and to have them be loved and to be connected even when it's through a screen. We ask this all in your precious son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, my friends, you know what to do. So go and do it. Be well and love one another. God bless. Peace.